All right. The opposite of a crit fail. We are we we are on the last rung. Sai, you're clinging on for dear life. You really are. You're not doing well, bud. 16 HP. All right, Una. You have three death saving throws, though. <laughs> One. Safe. One. Safe. All right, Sai, your turn. Big money, balls, no whammy. No if I roll, what happens Two if I roll six? Ball. You go to this space. <laughs> High risk ass kicking. Oh shit! So yeah. don't do that. Incoming six. Four. Uh, four is medium risk knowledge. That seems have appropriate. At least one skill in there, right? Oh, he doesn't do nature. That's right. I don't do anything. We have a ranger and a druid. We don't have nature. So he never, really, never really knows what. Yeah, the warlock does nature. Yeah, well, she's fucked up. Nine. That is two fails. Um, nobody's got inspiration. Uh-huh. All right, two constitution saving throws, my friend. My friend, no, that sucks. No. Stop that. All right. And that's good. Yay! What was the total? Uh, 15, because I don't think I have... You have no mod? <laughs> that's two fails. Oh, no, uh, 17. That's two fails. Ah! Oh! Enjoy your 46 damage. Do it separate, because he might go to zero first. Five for the first one. I'm at 11. Eight for the second one. Still up! I'm not <laughs> Still up! Three hit points. Right. And now, Dave, if we survive to your next turn, anything besides a five or a six gets you off the board and you win. Well, here we go. Yep, come on, Zev. Six. Six puts you one ahead of the leader. Low risk attention. Inside investigation perception. Hmm. Or I could just say, or I could just say, like, hey, Tadpole, levitate out of there. Levitate a spell slot? It's a, a daily use, yeah. Daily use, that counts. All right, you succeed. The card doesn't flip, but uh, yeah, you are artfully levitating this thing. You're, you're, what you're trying to do is keep its lamprey mouth from biting onto his, his lungs or his diaphragm on the way out. <laughs> it's getting really, really close. Anybody rolls a six, this is over. <clears throat> or a one, two, three, right? Uh, well, oh, it depends six on Six gets us on the board, which ends the challenge. Two. Where's two is a fuck. safe space. Sorry, brother. Fuck, 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 fuck. I know, it sucks. Three, Three is a high-risk ass-kicking. Great, of course it's... Well, I'm, like, not bad at that. Time to punch a slab, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, imagining that, like, it, it's been, like, levitated out enough, and I want to try to use athletics to grab it. I was just picturing, like, Zev pulls it out of his body, and it's levitating, you're just speed-bagging it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's probably not going to do it. That's a 12. Bye-bye, sigh. Oh, that is a fail. It's only medium. No, that was critical, wasn't it? Hi. Hi. So three death saving throws. Your DC is starting well, at a twenty-one. Three con saves. Three con saves. Still up. Three con saves. Roll better. For fuck's yep. sake. Your DC starts at a twenty-one. <gasps> yes. Crit. Crit is an auto success. He only has a plus two, so he needs a nineteen. <laughs> uh, nope. No. And now we need to crit on the third one. Well, uh, so close. Twenty-one. That's twenty-one total. It's twenty-one. 21, it started at 21, you failed, it went up to 22. Yeah. Oh, yep. shit. So the first one's almost certainly going to be zero. Yep. Uh, yeah, you take 10 hit points of damage. That's so good. you're at zero. And, the and then the second one is going to require a death saving throw. Oh, wouldn't it just... automatically. Oh, okay. Fire, so Yo, you're right, you're absolutely right. You fail a death saving throw, you have two death saving throws left. Okay. Um, fortunately, you can't crit that way, so you're not going to take two automatically. Uh, Sai flatlines. Uh, he just goes limp on the table. Okay. Um, it is... Who oh, is it was that? you, it's me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I am going to be the one to kill him. 
<laughs> Thank God. <laughs> You're good at one thing, and it's murder. Yeah. One, two, or six. Uh, this is a win. Come on, baby. Not a three. Six! <laughs> so yeah, you're you're trying to speed bag it. You fucked it up, right? You, you fucked up the roll. Yeah. yeah. So you you're just trying, punch side. You're trying to grab it while it's levitating, and it's trying to wiggle back down. And I just pull the knife out and stab it. <laughs> and hold it up over the table, and and the tip goes through the slot table and is just like just hovering right on the edge of his diaphragm, like right, right next to his lungs. But you're you're skillful enough that you don't cut through the tissue into his lungs. Um. Ooh. Side still uh, down and making death saving throws. Now would be a good time death. for that. Cure wounds, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You cure his abdomen uh, back together, but all the organs are still out on the table. Taking eleven points. Back <laughs> I know I forgot something. Shovelies back in. So you're at you're at eleven hit points. Um, uh, Toen and uh, foxes are traumatized by this experience, but are repacking your organs and trying to uh, sew you back up. Yes. Goblins have three livers, right? <sighs> Not anymore. <laughs> The rib bone is connected to the wristwatch. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. The wristwatch connected to the red thing. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about organs you know. This thing's in there, you're like, what is that? <laughs> That's my gobbladder. Oh. <laughs> it looks like Leonard Nimoy's butt. <laughs> um, Alright, so. You believe Psy will make a full recovery thanks to your healing magic, your abilities in the OR... Uh, that was close. I didn't know how close this skill challenge was going to get to killing Psy, but... That was tense as fuck. <laughs> that <was laughs> that really worked good. out pretty good. That was really good. I'm going to do I'm some drugs about I'm a minotaur! How, how, how ready were you to roll another character? I, I told... So We had I, this conversation Yeah, he was that. asking, like, are you ready for Psy to die? I'm like, I want it to be tense, but, like, a real possibility that if it happens, then, then it, so be it. I have mm. no character. Alright, cool. But, uh, Zev weeps softly with relief. <laughs> uh, Toen is exhausted. He, um, you know, he, he expended a lot of his own magical abilities during that to keep Psy alive. Um, even though they didn't come mechanically out on the, the t- on the table right now, they, in the, the game table, they, they did. He pretty much spent the entire time casting healing spells in the form of druidic Celtic rituals, um, packing wounds with Healing herbs Coffee. and yeah, <laughs> packing peanuts. Oh, that gross medicinal like mud and alfalfa mix that they yep. actually used. Yeah, oh, that mud water. <laughs> and um, uh, at at certain points, uh, even the scalpel became too imprecise for foxes in the snow, so she busted out the ting, the personal scalpel, just to get really up close and personal. Um, because she's a tapaxi, so she's got them claws. Um. And yeah, through your combined efforts, a heroic effort, saves Sai's life and kills the slod tadpole that had been nesting in his body, threatening to burst out and kill him instantly at any day. Uh, Sai, you're going to need uh, several consecutive long rests before you're ready to do anything. That's fine. Um, I want to take the uh, the knife that has the little lamprey baby on it, and even though it's dead, I'm just going to like put it over one of the candles and just let it cook it. Off. Yeah. yeah, just to make sure. Can you do that outside, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> Fire won't burn outside. You guys keep going, I'll be back. Well, anyway, in East Haven, there is this place you could go to just relax and chill, and nothing bad happens. <laughs> nope, that's not the Ten Towns. That place doesn't exist. Oh, no. I will uh, I will break the news to everybody after we all relax. From, it's a uh, boy! <laughs> that uh, we have to find four fishermen and a child. Small price to pay. I'm sure you guys are all up for it. I signed this all up already, so you have no choice. Four fishermen and a child. 
Can I have my finger back? Uh, they went across the ice. Is that right? They went. Oh. Yes. Right. Um. So you can. You'll have plenty of um, downtime as as Sai's gonna need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's gonna need a couple of days. They're probably to already dead anyway. It's fine. Uh, yeah, likely. But they still want to bring the bodies back. Yeah, we'll just you know, break one of those. Chip, chip them out of the ice. Uh, so you'll have plenty of time to talk to Tone about it. Basically, what <laughs> happened is in the middle of the quote-unquote night, because everything is night here in the Ten Towns, um, a child went missing. Um, the town searched, you know, the, the townsfolk searched the town and found the child's tracks in the snow leading out towards the lake where it disappeared when it started to cross the ice and the snow wasn't as fresh. Um, you can cross the ice on foot, but it's treacherous um, to get to the opposite shore. Um, with a little bit of asking around and talking, people don't go to the opposite shore. They don't fish the other side of the lake. It's considered bad juju. They just don't engage in it. Um, but four of the braver fishermen with a good boat that wasn't encased in ice, which is, you know, a commodity these days, decided to go uh, across the ice in a straight line from where the footprints disappeared to try and find if, you know, if this kid made it across the ice. Nobody knows why the kid just walked out of their house in the middle of the night, but still got to find the kid. Um, well, it's been, you know, it was a couple of days before size surgery that these fishermen went out and they're gone now too. And, um, the townsfolk are reticent to pursue them for obvious reasons, the existing stereotype or the uh, suspicions rather. And, uh, and also, you know, it's not a lot of fishermen with boats that can go. So they're willing to hire adventurers rates negotiable to go across the ice and see if they can't find the fisherman's boat track down what happened to them, see if any of them are still alive and bring them back safely. Uh, so, question. I yes. Think you said earlier we're in... East Haven. We're in East Haven, which is closer on the map to Loch Dittershire. Yeah, I might have said Redwaters. Um, the two lakes flow into each other with a, a narrow stream. Okay. If it's if it's on Loch Dinnershire, then replace what I said earlier about Redwaters with Loch Dinnershire. Um, but also, uh, they're on one end of a sort of oblong lake? Are, mm -hmm. they, are we talking going across the water like north-south or east-west? Uh, almost directly east as you're looking at that map. Maybe a little south-south. So, maybe a little southeast. Okay. So like sort of over... Over in that here. area, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, needs a lot of rest. Yes. Uh, but then again, if these people's live, if these people have, have you know, two days out... Their lives could be in danger if we wait for Sai to recover. Uh, so, Zeb is neutral right now. Is neutral there, aligned. Is there anything we could do to speed Sai's recovery, or is that a bike train? Um, I mean, you have access to some pretty powerful magic in the form of Nikolaus healing spells. You have a bona fide cleric in Toen who uh, is willing to dedicate his daily allotment of spells to size recovery. I would say you can cut his recovery down to two days using healing magic, uh, but he's still going to face a minus one on any physical rolls he makes. Listen, guys, if, you, if, if this is important, I can just, just, just pass in my shield for a second. And then he summons his little uh, familiar, and uh, I, I can kind of keep in touch with this guy. And uh, he jumps down, and his familiar is there. Um, you excellent. You have a familiar. Also, uh, another option that is presented to you, and, and Sai, this may be something that in your luciter moments of recovery you, you suggest, uh, Ronaldo, the uh, halfling uh, bard who holds the seances, who is still waiting for a shipment of mushrooms, um, his seances usually involve asking questions from a ghost who lives in the lake. 
Uh, they might be a wealth of information in this case, and a, participating in a seance would be part of your recovery schedule. Yeah, that would be fine for you to do if you wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah, seances are high as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, East Haven has many amenities that you guys can visit and do downtime activities in Walsai uh, convalesces, and I will give you a few of them here. Uh, we have some excellent, excellent taverns and inns that you can visit, including mm-hmm. Banrock's Mithril Pot, which is very luxurious and top-end if you're looking to spend some dough. Um, he is known for having a complete set of mithril cookware gifted to him by dwarves that supposedly makes the food taste phenomenal. Um, if you're looking for something a little more blue-collar, the Big Fat Knucklehead is where the fishermen drink. Um, it's not quite up to the culinary standards of the mithril pot, but uh, it's fun if you want a rowdy time. The Big Fat Moose Knuckle. <laughs> I was going to say that was my nickname in college. Um, if you want a cheap place to stay, Karen's Crossing is uh, is available. They always have rooms for rent. Um, the Grove of the Winter Tree, obviously, is the Temple of Sylvanas, where uh, Sai will be spending uh, at least the next couple of days. And also, uh, if you are uh, of the spiritual type, the Hall of Endurance is the temple to Tempest, the god of war. Um, they're a bit more militaristic. That's also where the uh, town guard has their offices. Uh, Captain Argolith, who you met at the execution, has a, uh, a office in the Temple of Tempest. Um, and there's a whole harbor market square right off the docks where you can visit booths that sell all sorts of sundry things. Um, Pomab's Emporium is a trade house. You can get magical gear or adventuring gear uh, from Pomab's. Um... There's a armory, Ruridan's Armory. Um, and then the White Lady Inn. And also the... Pardon my book reading. Uh, the White Lady Inn and the Wet Trout are uh, part of the same building. <laughs> part of the same building. The, the White Lady Inn is the hotel. The Wet Trout is the hotel bar, if you want to picture it that way. It's downstairs. Yep. Um... That is where Ronaldo holds his uh, monthly seances. So any of these places you could visit if you wanted to do some downtime activity, or we can cut straight to the action. Uh, Zab definitely wants to eat at the high-end place to, get, to keep her sane. And might it, might it be worth checking in with the City Watch guys at the Tempest Temple just to see, like, if anybody saw this person sneak away in the middle of the night, if they've got, like, a night watch or something, or, you know, is this a... Thing that happens often, or is this a new thing? It's absolutely worth it if that's if you are want to want to investigate. That's a very sensible place to start. Okay. Um, so you want to eat, you want to investigate with the town guard at the Temple of Tempest. Um, Una, what are you up to during downtime? Um, and so Una's, we'll invite people to come with her if she's there. Una just kind of is slightly uh, freaked out from witnessing a less of a surgery, more of a vivisection. Really, why? <laughs> um, Tell me more about how that made you feel. Just a regular average Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they were all dead when I cut them up, okay? And delicious. So you're feeling a little fucked up? What are you doing about it? A little fucked up. Um, Una's probably staying close to Pavu and um, Kuspalad. Yeah. Well, if she's hanging out close to Kuspalad, Kuspalad is going to visit the herbalist and get real high and get a little closer to the spirits. Excellent. 
Excellent. Yeah, I took a fourteen year old to that. get high. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and her you and her weird adult male guardian are gonna go get a fourteen year old high. Do right, first off, there was a time when Una well, has the only way for an adult to get pot was to buy him from a fourteen year old. That was a weird it's time, not, wasn't it? So if if you are looking for herbs um, of the medicinal or mind expanding <laughs> type, uh, those can likely be found illegally at the Harbor Market Square, or you could probably buy some of the more legal uh, controlled varieties at Pomabs. Um, but a lot of the good medicinal stuff has already been purchased on behalf of Psy. Uh, this surgery you're gonna was have a to big pay that twenty percent tax. Oh my god, it's yep. ridiculous. Yep. Um, but you can absolutely engage in that. Uh, Zevlin, you're going to eat at the high-end place. Uh, what are you doing? Um, Nicole Kyle wants to go talk to the parents of the little girl. Okay. Does she have parents or? Yes, she does. Okay. The, the girl went across, or the, the, the missing, child. The missing, yeah, it is, it is a girl. It, it is, is a female, girl. a female child. He's going to go try to, uh, talk to them. Okay. Um, we're going to start, and, uh, Sai, I'm sorry, but you're sitting the downtime out. This is all so that you can convalesce. Ugh. Um, we're going to start with uh, Zevlin. Uh, your dinner uh, is fantastic. Of course, there's a lot of seafood. This, the whole 10 towns runs on seafood. However, there are some venison dishes. And if you're feeling very fancy, they have a small selection of beef stock. Um, but that is super choice. Smash burgers. <laughs> it's the slut burger that I linked in. <laughs> Super Smash Burger, it's like my favorite game. <laughs> you played 72 hours on it, you your coffee. It's not so much about the food, it's more just about uh, regaining some semblance of something familiar and comfortable to her, which is that she's of a noble background, so she was. She had a lot of life of privilege before this. She squalor. just wants some bougie food. She does want some, some drow bouginess, and uh, this is the closest thing she can get right now. Um, so Banrock is the chef and proprietor. He is a dwarf. Um, not so commonly around Icewind Dale, he is a dwarf with uh, a dark brown complexion. Um, not uh, not common among the native dwarfs, so you think he's probably a uh, like a, a, an import from somewhere. Um and he cooks you a fantastic meal on his mithril cookware that he's very proud of and will tell you a whole history on uh, that if you want to throw me an insight roll. It's total it's bullshit. Total bullshit. Nope. No, it's, it's the most legitimate story you've ever heard in your entire life. And fascinating. Apparently this cookware has had... Um, it's actually... Uh, at one point he mentions Dristowarden and sees your eyes light up and he begins to claim that Dristowarden once owned this fry pan and cooked his meal. <laughs> Dristowarden actually fucked this meal. <laughs> or at least the pans. Uh, so th- much chafing, though. So I, I think she's just, uh, she doesn't really say much, but she listens, asks questions to follow up, and uh, is just happy to hear a story. While you are relaxing, are you still constantly casting Detect Magic? Uh, I wouldn't do that in front of a clientele. That would be disruptive. Fair enough. Uh, um, maybe before I came in. Okay. Um, so, like, for the first ten minutes, maybe while I'm waiting for my meal, I'd have it on. Gotcha. Uh, well, if you have it on when you walk into the establishment, you immediately see that all the cookware is... Um, it's enchanted uh, with... And I, I don't know the school magic offhand. With, yeah, with, from Flavortown. Um, <laughs> with... With what, whatever, it's actually just iron. With, whatever, it's, whatever school of magic the alarm spell comes from. It, it's some abjuration, probably anti- I believe. Anti-theft yeah. magic, probably. Yeah. It is abjuration. Uh, yeah, abjuration. You are absolutely right. Everything has a car alarm. Written right here. Um, and after you finish what is a, admittedly a lovely meal, 
Uh, you are down um, 40 gold pieces. Whoa! Oh, 40. 40. 4 0. Maybe the down turn now. <clears throat> All right. And you gain uh, advantage on constitution saving throws against exhaustion for the next 24 hours. That okay. is exactly what the doctor ordered for you, right. your cold bitch ass. <laughs> wow. That was oh. harsher than it needed to be. <laughs> oh, hey, I, you I, called Una Frost on the I guess way over. I did. If I'm spending that kind of coin, uh, I do oh. at least would like to, I'd like to follow up on the whole like Dritz thing. She'll ask him if he's been through here. Sure. Uh, and what whatever this dwarf knows about him. Well, it's like totally cool if not. <laughs> <laughs> now, bear in mind, uh, we are doing this with the meta knowledge that you have failed your inside check, but he yep. will spin you a yarn off the cuff that uh, he never met uh, Dritz Dorden himself. However, he bought the pans from the previous owner who claimed to have fed him and the entire uh, Crystal Shard company uh, a glorious meal. And the meal was so good that Driss paid money out of his own pocket to buy the cookware. And then at the end of his journeys in Icewind Dale, before retiring to warmer climes, sold it back to the uh, proprietor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a fascinating tale. It's yeah, all uh, complete and utter bullshit. Uh, well, yeah. And it's, it's a great <laughs> fan fiction. I, yep. I like to think of my inside failures are just not caring if it's true or not. Well, and, and the bottom line is it might not be bullshit, but um, it's... It's a story about pots and pans, and nobody who's not a cook or a Epicurean wouldn't give a fuck. So it's never been documented. No way to disprove it. Sure. Um, uh, and I'll just ask him. And I'll ask him how things have been going with the. I'll, I'll try to get some like idea of rumors or thing or goings on uh, during this visit, but it'll be kind of low key. She'll reach a point in the conversation where she will just want to be left alone, silence to eat her meal, and enjoy her drinks and everything. Um, I mean, if you press for information, I will, uh, you can make a social roll, anyone that you feel is appropriate. Persuasion check, 22. 22. Uh, you can get from Banrock, and this will be legitimate information, that um, while he maintains a pretty goodly stocked pantry, um, him and a lot of the other people who serve food are starting to get afraid that even the seafood might be running out soon. If you look out the docks, you can see why. A lot of the fishing boats are ice-locked. The ferry is ice-locked. There are people out there during the warmest parts of the day with ice axes and whale oil torches trying to free the boats from the ice-lock, but they can only work a few hours a day, and then every night it refreezes, and the work seems to be piling up faster than the work to free the boats is going. Um, A Sisyphean effort, if you Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they are they are doing what they can with what they have, but what they have is meager. Um, and that is that is truthful. That is completely up on the up and up. You can verify that with your own eyes. Um, so you enjoy a meal and you gain a mechanical benefit from it. Yeah, I'm ass- and I'm assuming by the way that for forty gold, it's probably like di- like portions, like they come in course yeah. uh, courses rather. It is a seven course meal. It is served Ooh. with uh, what equates to a bottle of fine champagne. This is the fattest Zev's ever felt. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, is this this would even be considered passable by Menzo Barons and standards. Yeah, Ooh, so yeah. I, I think she she's getting more than she thought she would get from mm. this uh, impoverished place. And it's dwarven, so the portions are almost too big for your elven. I was going to say like, you can't fit that much in Zevian. Um, so, <laughs> at least not on that end. Not until she bends over. Not with, <laughs> I can tell you. Not with a lot of. Uh, not, without a lot of elbow grease. Menzo bent over. So she, any any leftover, <laughs> she will uh, take pains to bring uh, back to side to aid in recovery. Oh yeah. And uh, if he can't eat or won't eat, then uh, whoever is going to be by. He sends you home with a rothe bag. 
We shove it in his abdominal cavity. Uh, Whoa! Just a, just a huge box of breadsticks. <laughs> Never-ending breadsticks. Oh, oh man, if they had bread, this guy would be making a mint. <laughs> it's a bag of holding, but it only spits out breadsticks. <laughs> and soup. She will note down this place, uh, the dwarf's name, thank her for his company, for uh, the excellent meal that she really does do a lot to restore her mental uh, health. Because it's not just trail rations and mm. bullshit. Yeah, it's an actual quality meal. And then in a well tear them to shreds on Yelp. <laughs> Well-lit, warm all, establishment. It, it's all put in perspective. Size on the recovery. Uh, Una got her thing done. Uh, things are beginning to look up. Uh, and, you know, maybe and hearing Dritt's name, of course, secretly warms her heart as well. Uh, and so <laughs> she will just return to Sai's side. Uh, if there's a place for her to stay and, and meditate... Uh, for, for a long rest uh, while and just she'll, she'll just remain by his side Toen uh, of course assumes I that I feed Toen too yeah oh that's very kind of you uh, Toen has extended an offer to any of you who don't wish to pay for lodging at an inn that you can unroll your bedroll at size bedside he understands that you're still concerned about his convalescence and you want to be close at hand in case something were to happen where you're needed um, but between Toen and Foxes, there's not a whole lot of healing work that needs to be done. They, they've got it covered. If you guys wanted to rent a room at the inn, you'd be perfectly welcome to do so. Um, now, Nicolau and Pavu both expressed an interest on investigating the missing girl, but in two kind of different ways. Do you mind if I group you guys together and just knock it all at once? Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so you want to make two stops. You want to talk to the girls' parents, and you want to talk to the, the temple guard. Yes. Or the, the, um, like the city the, watch. The, the city watch. Um, so we'll start with the, the girls' parents. Um, they, um, the first Are thing... Are we you, assuming that we're, like, going together, going to one spot and then the other? I, if that if that's okay with you guys, it makes it easier for me. do the talking. Sure. <laughs> you can talk to the guards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good cop, cow cop. I, I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> Good right. cop, big cop. <laughs> big cop, bigger cop. <laughs> the biggest cop. Yeah, you really are both just giant humanoids. Um, so we'll say you start at the girl's house first. Um, there is, uh, this is something, if you were there, you would recognize this. The uh, the uh, cliche candle in the window is there. Like It is common practice when someone goes missing in the mountains, you leave a light on for them to find their way home. Um and the first thing you notice is the candle in the window is burned down almost to the, oh, the candle shit. holder. Oh. Um, it, it has been a, quite a few days, and this candle is... When the, when the candle burns itself out, that's usually when you start planning the funeral. That's, that's how it's going. And it looks like this thing has got maybe a day or two left of burning in it. Um, oh. And um, the girl's father and mother... Um, the father's name is uh, Kanth. The mother's name is Janice, and um, they're they're making arrangements. Like Janice is a little more level-headed. Kant is still kind of in denial, holding out hope. Um, Very three billboards. And uh, to the point where, like, he's got his cold weather gear together and an ice axe, and he's going to look to dig out a rowboat and try to go across the the lake to try and look himself. Um, we don't have to roll light, roll play out the whole conversation. Basically, what they tell you is about uh, three days ago now, two days before you arrived, they awoke in the middle of the night when they heard their front door open and close, 
and their daughter had disappeared into the darkness. It was a new moon at that point, so there no moonlight, and it was only after the aurora started to appear in the sky that they had enough light to find the footprints in the snow. Uh, she had been acting normally that day. Um, she had been out playing in the in the snow, trying to make the best of the terrible winter, uh, humming a tune to herself, and was quiet at dinner time. And then snuck out in the middle of the night, walked off into the snow, and they hadn't seen or heard from her since. Footprints definitely to the lake. Footprints, they were her size and appeared to be walking alone. She was walking with nobody else or nothing that left footprints, at least. Um, they contacted the city watch. They contacted all the adults in town. They scoured the town, and that's when they found the footprints and... At night, for peasants with no hero levels, the wilds of Icewind Dale is just too dangerous. Uh, the, these four fishermen who went after her were the bravest four of the community who would the venture bravest forth. bravest four NPCs you've ever seen. You, you haven't seen them. You must gather your fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Was there anybody uh, suspicious in town or anything that they noticed? Anything different? Um, two days prior? Not two days prior. Uh, the family definitely, you can you can tell. Yeah, give me an insight roll, actually. Uh, let me tell you how Certainly. much. Yeah. And uh, actually, you can make it with advantage because I assume Pavu is going to help you with this. Stand over. Yeah. Look big in Russian. Yeah. Ooh, hey. I, I critted. Mm. Ooh. Good crit, not bad crit. So. They are quick to blame the children of Oriel. And when you press them for that information, um, they don't have any data to back that up. The children of Oriel haven't been in town for a couple of weeks. They haven't seen them around. But you can tell there's a pre-existing bias in the way they talk about them and say, you know, I just know. They're out there. They're kidnapping. Literally kidnapping. They, they didn't get their human sacrifice and now they're going to force it upon us. Um... Whether or not that's true remains to be seen, but they're definitely speaking from a place of bias and not a place from empirical data. Um, are there any other any other children missing that you know? No, no one's gone missing from the town. Nobody that they can't account for. Every once in a while, a fisherman will either sink or freeze to death, but that's Iceland Dale. Um, would you... And I, I will do this with, with, with complete respect. Can I see her room? Yes. Um, her room is uh, not much bigger than a closet, to be honest. Um, she's got a loft bed with a small drawing desk mounted underneath it. A little toy box with some stuffed toys and some carved wooden toys. Um, is, it as you, is it as it was when you saw her missing, or did you? They, they will tell you they haven't touched it. They haven't moved anything. They've left it exactly as it was. Um, aside from having gone through it to see if they could find some indication of why she left or where she might have been going. Um, but they've left everything mostly intact. He's no Zanzer, but he's going to do an investigation check. Absolutely. See if he sees mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. He's drawing pictures of snowflakes hey, over and over. Yes, you can make it with advantage. Oh, good, because that was a two. <laughs> That's a 12, so 13. 13? Great. Um, I'm not a CSI. <laughs> um... No, you don't. Uh, you don't find anything super like like mega clue with that role. Unfortunately, it's just a kid's room, as far as you can tell. 
human children are kind of a foreign concept for you yeah, even yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's no straw here. What kind of, a, <laughs> kind of parents they, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Where do they manure? There's no manger at all. <laughs> um, There's no trough for water or nothing. <laughs> anything else for the parents before we move on to the city watch? Um... I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be upfront with them and say, you know, you know, we're still healing from our prior adventure, and then we may not be able to leave for a couple days. But I'm gonna try to speed that along and be on our way as fast as we can. And in response to your um, upfrontedness, they will respond in kind and tell you, well, we appreciate everything you're doing. We're a Fisher family, and we don't have a lot of money. We can't hire private investigators, so any help you're willing to give us at any timetable is appreciated. At this point. Our hope is waning. We would just like to know what happened to our daughter. Um, um, so basically what they're telling you is we're not paying you, but you do everything you want to do, you know? And um, I'm going to reach in, uh, Nikolaus is going to reach into his backpack and he's going to pull out a candle. And he's going to stick it on the, on the, on the thing. He says, give us another candle's time. We'll find your daughter. That is so awesome. I'm giving you inspiration. Mm, that was really good. That's badass. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, take inspiration for that. Um, moving on to the City Watch, why don't you take lead on this one? Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, I go to the Temple and I'm looking for the head of the City Watch. Yep. Uh, it is Captain Argoleth. You might have seen them uh, in interaction with Nicolau at the execution. Um, and, uh, you know, they are engaged in the day-to-day -day activities of a Captain of the Watch. Uh Immediately, you can tell there is concern about the, the girl's well-being, but mm -hmm. we've also got a whole city that is really in a bad way that, that needs to mm -hmm. be taken care of. Um, they're happy to sit down and answer any questions you might have, um, but as far as, like, aiding in the investigation, uh, they don't have a whole lot of volunteers. At this point, it's a volunteer effort to go across the lake and look for the little girl, mm -hmm. and they don't have a whole lot of volunteers who are willing to go across the lake. Uh, one of the things that I want to ask them is how long ago did the girl disappear compared to how long ago those have you seen this gnome in your dreams posters went up? Mm, interesting question. Um, so when you bring up the have you seen, have you dreamt this gnome, uh, Captain Argoleth kind of gives a little scoff. Um, like, that's Veda. Uh, Veda Star Spirit. Um, the elf who takes place in the monthly seances and has a lot of interesting theories as to why we are stuck in this everlasting rhyme. Um, I don't wish to speak ill of the woman, but um, she's not possessed of all her faculties. Um, we've questioned her to see if she has any legitimate information, to see if maybe this gnome that she's been dreaming of has any uh, ties to an actual living person. And as near as we can tell, this is just the fantasies of a uh, insane woman. Have you dreamed the gnome? No, I, I can't say that I have. Oh, yeah, no, me neither. Of course not. It, it's it's she's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Even before the long winter befell us, she always had an interesting take on things. So the gnome that we've been seeing in our dreams is the gnome. That's... Absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay. Where might they find this woman if I wanted to? question her about any of her whereabouts she's never far from Ronaldo's side she's always there for the, the monthly seance she has to can uh, confer with the spirits so she says yes okay um, have the children of a real visited your town 
Yes, they came through several weeks ago. Uh, they came, they asked for a human sacrifice, they were politely rebuffed, and they moved on to Bryn Shander. Um, we did see one, or what I thought was one, uh, less, maybe less than a week ago, um, on her own, uh, traveling solo. She stayed a night at the Dockside Tavern and then was on her way. She didn't cause any of the usual ruckus that the children cause, uh, so we sort of left her to her own devices. Honestly, we're all very hopeful that the steam runs out of their little zealotry and that they all go back to their daily lives. Uh, we kind of were hopeful that this was the first sign of that, that maybe I got a hand up over here. Go ahead. Timeline wise, <clears throat> would that have been about the same time that we were looking through the mirror and saw the one who was mourning her sister? That was a uh, on the nose. Just for the radio. Yeah. Um, also, it's less than a week ago, so it's less than seven <clears throat> days. How does that line up with the child who went missing? The child has been missing for three days now. Oof. The um, the child of Oriel, who, if you are putting A and B together, uh, is Ravison, would have been here and gone days before that. I wanted to ask the parents if they had any injuries. But less than four days. I, I forgot. That. Yes. Oops. That's what I was... I meant to ask them, and I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah she was here for a, a night or two. She didn't cause a problem. Uh... Honestly, she stayed at the Dockside Tavern. She hung about the uh, Harbor Square. We weren't watching her, but we were aware that she was here. And then she moved on without causing a problem, so we didn't cause her any grief. Kind of hopeful she just went back to her daily life. Um, any resources from my office you need in, in finding the little girl, I'd be happy to extend to you. However, those resources are somewhat limited. But whatever favors I can grant, I want to see the girl or the fisherman, or hopefully all of them, come home. Yeah. Um, I, I'll petition the town speaker for a, uh, a reward if you're successful. I don't know how great a reward it will be, but you should be compensated for your efforts. Anything would be appreciated. We'll see what we can do. Anything of anything? Anything we need supplies-wise? Or anything we should ask for. I mean, you asked about the, you know, the goblin, or the, the, the gnome the dream was the only thing I missed yeah. with the parents, so mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Actually, uh, how did they? Tra how did the fishermen travel by dog sled or by foot or by boat? They um, there was part of the lake is still thawed. Yep. Right? Um, so these particular four fishermen uh, were one of the few that had a boat that they were able to free from the ice. Uh, it's a small boat, and so they were able to lift it up out of the water and carry it mm -hmm. up onto the the banks every night before the the lake froze over. So they dug it out of the snow and carried it out to where the water was still unfrozen and held it across. So we might need a boat as well as our dog sled to get anywhere. We can offer you a boat. Dog boat. We, we can offer you dog a dog boat. boat. Yep. It's pulled by dogfish. Boat. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we do have, uh, the town guard does maintain a sea vessel, uh, mostly to rescue stranded fishermen. But uh, it is, uh, you know, we made it a priority to free it from the ice, and we'll, we would put it at your disposal for this purpose. We'll even give you a, uh, a captain and a... Uh, oh, does it come with a guy who goes, wee, wee, Yes, it does. It comes, it comes with a guy named Foghorn, who yells in the fog. 
Um, oh, I was hoping we'd get the guy from Belize. Well, I'll, I'll say, say I'll say, Michael Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, always I'll say it's body foggy out. <laughs> but say, yes, if, uh, if you wanted to cross the lake by boat, which is his recommendation, as the ice can be treacherous, we can we can grant you a boat that will bring you across and wait for you <clears> and bring you back. <clears> um, he does say if the weather turns and it looks like getting back is dangerous, he might have to leave without you. So if you see the weather turning bad, get back to the boat so you don't miss your ride. Okay. That is the one caveat. Um, question about the ice being treacherous. Yes. Is the ice treacherous for, you know, human man-sized and larger, or is the ice just capital T treacherous no matter your size? This is, um, this is actually just a straight-up nature question, uh, that he's happy to answer, but if you want to throw a roll, I'll let you know if you know this ahead of time without asking. You would know this automatically. I wouldn't even charge you a roll. I'm not there. 18. No. 18. You would know as, as a lifelong resident of Icewind Dale that frozen lakes are notoriously treacherous because the ice can be very thick and very sturdy by the banks and then quickly become thin and crispy as you get out towards the open water. And when you fall through the ice, it is very common for you not to be able to fall find the hole that you fell through and become trapped under a sheet of ice. Um, because there is no sort of uniformity in how quickly the ice shelf becomes open water, mm-hmm. you never know when you might fall through. And that's why crossing the ice is always a okay. frowned upon. So it doesn't matter. So basically the ice isn't just treacherous to us as more or less human-sized it creatures. It would have been treacherous for, it been treacherous treacherous for, for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, as a matter of fact, this is the sort of thing where like you probably would have heard uh, fairy tales or urban legends based around not going near the water because... Kids have, a, kids, have a, teeth, yeah, yeah. kids have Very a tendency to fall through the stuff. water and die. Yeah. Oh, so, ice fishing holes. Sorry. They, they never mark them. Yeah. Yeah. Ice fisting is, is actually absolutely ice a thing. Fisting? Ice fisting? Yeah. I, I saw that little Freudian slip. <laughs> do I comment on that or do I look It has nothing to do with the alcohol, and I resent your implication. But yeah, ice fishing is definitely a thing. But yes, it's done by experienced people who mark where they fish and their holes. Um, you gotta mark your holes. <laughs> it's amateur hour over here, bush league. Um, but yeah, like you, you know this. You've yeah. lived in Icewind Dale your whole life. You uh, know what the ice is like. You just don't fuck around with the ice. Pretty much, it's you know there are owl bears and crag cats and all sorts of monsters, but the ice and the cold will kill you faster than any of them. And there's probably like you know in in not fuck off winter times. There's probably like. Guys who go out onto the ice to, like, mark off where it's safe to, like, skate. Oh, yeah, for But, sure. like, you yep. don't go beyond the flags. Yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, it's usually the If you the go beyond you the flags, like, fuck you. Don't you don't go past the pier. Yeah. You should die. You can't read. <laughs> so that is, that um... That me because I can't read. <laughs> that is the sum total of your investigation unless anybody has any specific questions. Well, would you allow me a retcon to ask the parents if they were dreaming, if they had I know it's going to sound like a very strange question, but have you had any weird dreams lately? Yeah, I tried to get Paul to ask that. Uh, strange dreams. Uh, Janice waves you off. No, I haven't had any weird dreams. Uh, Kanth actually waits for his wife to be distracted with other household chores and says, you know, I, I, I did have a strange dream. And I haven't really spoken about it because I didn't want to be associated with Zeta and all that comes with that. But um, that gnome on the flyer, I think I did have a dream about him. I can't be sure, but I want to say he was like, he was trying to speak to me. 
but his voice was like masked or muffled. Um, I don't know. Something about the sky and a river of blood. That's all I remember. Several of us had the same thing. I was just curious. Well, maybe it might be worth talking to Veta. Uh, she's crazy. Don't mistake her, but... Uh, refresh my memory. Veta's not triggering a bell for me. Veta is, she is, Veta is the, the name on the flyer. Uh, do we still have the flyer oh, hand out, or do I have yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't give it back to you. <clears throat> yeah, she goes to the seance. She's one of the regulars who goes to the seance. Yep. I feel like we're going to have to go to the seance. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to go anyway, but God, this is the first yeah. night, so we have a lot of shit to do. I know, the face is kind of creepy. Thank you. Not our seance. Yep. Um, but before the seance, we were going to do drugs with a teenager. Yes. Well, if you're going to be there. It's... I mean, like, I'm not volunteering is... you for doing drugs. I'm going to be doing drugs, so if you want to follow me, that's what's happening. Una I assume is probably at this point that's just, like, doing that thing, that little, you know, I say little kid, so she's 14. She's probably just further. She's also worldly for a 14-year-old. She's seen, she's seen some, some shit. TM class feature. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Una, if you see anybody's going to give you drugs, make sure they take a little bit first. But, I mean, I just picture her sort of, like, holding on to Kusblad's jacket or cloak or whatever and just sort of holding it up to her face. She doesn't want to see anything. She doesn't want to be far from anyone in particular. She's very much traumatized. So, it sounds like if you're all are interested in doing some hallucinogens Woo! and going to a seance, we can roll this all into one encounter. I actually wanted to do something Sounds separate. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's see what Kuspalad wants to do it, separate, and then we'll get into it. Just this. a real quick RP thing. Mm. Um, Kuspalad, having now seen some shit as well, uh, maybe covers it up a little bit better than it does, um, acquires legally some of whatever hallucinogenics he can get a hold of, um, vetting them for, you know, that he's familiar with what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like there's a little wooded area on the top right of that picture. Sure, yeah. And uh, he's going to hike up to the little wooded area, find a little natural clearing with Nyan Thai, uh, and set down on like a stump and uh, take a little bit of the drugs first. And then he uh, withdraws his quarterstaff and he starts drawing some sort of iconography in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um and his vision starts to get a little bit blurry from the impact of the drugs, and uh, Niantai is kind of trotting around, following behind, and just kind of being annoying, like tugging on the corner <laughs> of the coat, um, trying to unravel the rope off the back of his pack. Um, when he sets his pack down, Niantai is digging his little goat mouth into the pack and like pulling stuff out and eating it, and just being a nuisance. And Kuzbalad is looking very irritated, um, but is trying very hard to focus on just drawing symbols out on the snow. Um, and his vision continues to blur and his hearing starts to go a little wonky and, uh, he starts very carefully. Now he sets aside the, uh, the quarterstaff and he starts to draw with his fingertip in the snow and, uh, Niantai comes trotting along and like walks through what he's doing and fucks up everything he's been drawing and kicks snow into his face. Um, and he's like, he looks like he's ready to throw down with this goat, but he's just like <laughs> so sorry. laser focused on what he's doing and just keeps breathing like very slow and deliberately as he goes to like painstakingly smooth over the snow and redraw. Uh, and uh, if Una's there, you'll hear him kind of muttering to himself, uh, acknowledging Niantai is there, but addressing Niantai with this sort of reverence, like, yes, yes, spirit, I understand. It's an exercise in patience and those sorts of things. And um, he really is like struggling to perform this task that he knows is, is functionally meaningless. Um, just to develop the ability to uh, have patience in the face of what the spirit that is residing in Niantai's form is doing. 
Um, and so as the uh, design gets more and more filled in, the goat becomes more and more disruptive and is actively like kicking parts of it up into Kuspalad's face and down the front of his jacket, and he's shivering and trying to continue to draw. Uh, and after some time, uh, you may doze off, and a couple hours later, uh, you wake up, and Kuspalad is standing uh, over an illustration in the snow, and Niantai has fallen asleep. Hmm. And he has apparently outlasted the goat's uh, mischief. What is the oh, illustration nice. of? Is it just like... Some sort of just a tribal geographical design. Hmm. Um, and then when it's done, he puts his hands on his hips. Bad tramps And kind of leans back and then just walks through it and kicks the snow apart and says, okay, let's go back to town. What is that? Spirits constantly test you and test your faculties. And uh, my patience was being tested. <laughs> Should I not be here? Could you stand to learn some patience? Do you need to silence the maelstrom of thoughts within your head? And he hands you the quarterstaff. There's a moment if you reach out and take the staff Mm -hmm. or even just reach out to it, make the effort to extend your hand, Mm -hmm. that for the first time since you left Goodmead, you don't feel hungry. Just not at all. You don't even want to eat. Mm. But it only lasts a moment, and then it's gone. Luna will look at Kuzblad and just say, I'm so hungry. Let's get some tea and get to bed. I've got got extra fancy food, too. (laughs) And I have to ask you, we're going to finish those shrimps. Of course. We're going to finish the what? Shrimps. And I'll eat down. Trip balls, my little Go wild. So, Niantai heads to the end because the goat wants to be part of the seance. Uh, the goat's on <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Perfect. I... My whole life has led to this moment. <laughs> I feel like I encountered something very similar to this about a month ago when I was in Florida. I'm sure you did. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm not joking. The goat goes and knocks on all of your doors, tracks you down wherever you're sleeping, wakes you up in time for the seance. He sees when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. You too. (laughs) Crapo! Oh, God. And then returns to your side and farts on you. All is well, I see. He has mushroom farts. They're very warm. And spory. So is he. Yeah, don't inhale that. It might reawaken the trip and get you into that perma-tripping stage. <laughs> now, after all of you are awoken by the goat, and the goat makes its attentions clear to bring you back to the White Lady Inn for the seance, um, you all trickle in from your various downtime activities. It's been a few nights now. Um, you and you are starting to get a little impatient. You want to get going. You have a boat. You have a lead. You want to go find this little girl. Um... And you all sort of feel a little bit of that, but more keenly for that side of the table. Um, Relax, man. <laughs> and, you know, you, you might be wondering, like, what is the plan? What is our next course of action? What is the next step? When Sai, for the first time out of bed, comes into the White Lady Inn. And Sai, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you for, to describe, like, what it looks like when you make your triumphant return to the party. Oh, it's um, got to be like a gurney tied up with your butt cheeks hanging out? No. <laughs> well, that that would be something, but 
I think oh, we're boy. fast approaching on level five, and that's where oh, uh, the spore druid becomes a little bit more necromantic. So to tie that in, um, Sai definitely looks very a la Raceland. Um Ooh. His skin color is not as vibrant. It's very pale green. Uh, his features are now sunken in. It almost feels like, it looks like his life force has been um, drained. And uh, he's just... A little freeze-dried. Yeah, yeah, you know. To to really concentrate that mushroomy goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just... We can't be running around all over the place. Just still need a little... A little more, you know, just taking it easy. Gotta gotta enjoy what we have around each other. Nicolau's Nicolau's there and he's like, Coffee? No, sorry. <laughs> if he's on, if he's on affectionate terms with Zev, she will absolutely give him a hug. That's a very gentle one, of course. Um, I mean, you guys, you've been together for a bit. Yep. You do feel like he's lost uh, body condition. Is his skin more spongy, like he, the mushroom now? He squishes, and then you can also feel like the bones. Yep. Got her! Got her! The wiggle! She's got the wiggle! Oh, fuck! She got the wiggle! <laughs> Did you just cut your finger? So, you've all gathered into um, this room. It's it's sort of like a... Um, it, the, kind of, the kind of room we're looking to rent, actually. Um, you know, bars and restaurants have a, like a meeting room or a conference room or a place that you can be rented out for private functions. This is where you've all been gathered for this seance. And um, there's okay. a few other people that you don't recognize um, from different walks of life. You have somebody who looks like maybe a blue-collar fisherman type. You have somebody who looks like maybe an upper-crust lady type. Um, barflies. Yeah, barflies. Um, but from different strat- social stratus, you know. Um, and they've all gathered. They're making small talk. They're drinking, you know, little libations. Um, and they all seem to be waiting. And then... After size come in and there's a little commotion because you've all seen your friend for the first time since this traumatic incident. Um, you guys are, are sat and um, the door, the, it's a glass double door that opens into this room and the glass double door swings open and there is a woman, uh, a notably human woman because she's a little, you know, plump and frumpy, but she's got her hair done up all fancy and she's wearing some very obvious prosthetic pointed ears. <laughs> um, cool. She's an elf cosplayer. <laughs> oh my god. And, and, and Zeb's just there like, oh my god, we're at Comic-Con. Yeah, she's wearing we're elf face. This may or may not be run. offensive to you. It's like blackface for elves. Yeah, it very much is. Um, and uh, probably like that, she just she isn't so much offended as she is like <laughs> offense, like that mixture of, of very entertained but a little offended. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going there. <laughs> I can't look away. <laughs> Nicolau's gotta be like easy, easy. No, she doesn't look angry. She's just, she's just like, <laughs> like I'm gonna have so much. Like just her face lights up, and she she swings open the doors with a a very theatric flourish, and enters the room in um what is a housemaid's dress made to look fancy, laundered but cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, how. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, friends, I welcome you. Please beware of open flames. 
Please keep any expensive timepieces to yourself. The spirits are with us tonight, and they are vibrant. I can feel it deep within me. Your guide into the supernatural. The one who speaks to the dead and gleans the answers to the future, Ronaldo. And in trots this proud little halfling. He's wearing a chintzy wizard's get-up, purple with silver stars stitched on. Um, he's got a turban wrapped around um, a, a literal, an actual crystal ball in his hand. You can't even believe how kitschy this is. Um, and he walks in and he collects himself and he sits at the head of the table. He places his crystal ball. He looks at Sai and says, Thank you, Sai, for coming. I understand you are not feeling well. And he speaks with this sort of overblown accent. Thank you, Sai, for coming to visit us. We are going to speak with the spirits tonight. And then he leans and closes and says, Hey, man, you got the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's. I have to do now. Under the table. Yeah, under the table's good. I gotta brew some fucking tea, man. Quick, these people are getting impatient. Frozen yeah. island medium. So <laughs> I'm going to sleight of hand give him the kush. Roll the sleight of hand. Uh, that is a 18. 18 is good. Even even in your, you know, convalescing state, you're able to uh, slyly make Even a drug transaction. I want to look down at Niantai. He's going to talk to the spirits tonight, Niantai. <laughs> Niantai goes, I hope they're strong. Um, <laughs> I give him a high five. And uh, <laughs> he takes he takes what you hand him. He hands it off to Veda behind his back. Veda goes behind the bar and starts brewing a tea. <clears throat> so and we know that's Veda now. That is Veda. That is Veda. It, with, with a simple ask around, you can find out on your I think she's the kind of person who tells you who she is and everything she's about before she gets 30 feet into the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and she busies herself making a mushroom tea for everybody to enjoy. So they can all see the spirit. Is this tea. like a whole ayahuasca ceremony? Kind of. Okay. Um, so get in the headspace. Um, not that you haven't been in the headspace for the past two months, let's be real. Um, I, mean, I might have some in my bag. <laughs> That's in my um, other bag, sorry. Ronaldo begins to address the crowd. You and all the people who, you know, the few handful of different NPCs who have gathered you in this room. And he says, once the ceremonial tea is brewed, we will all imbibe it. And then I will focus my supernatural energies upon the magical crystal and summon forth the spirit of the lake. Now, the white lady is treacherous, but honest. She will be dangerous, but truthful. And I will require everybody's full concentration for me to gather her strength and focus her energies and I will be able to ask her three questions and she will write the answers on the rhyme on the window behind me and you look behind him and there is a paned glass window that's frosted over from the the, uh, the cold on the outside and lit from behind by the various street lights and window lights that are outside <laughs> Um, and illuminated with one gnome standing on a ladder with his finger on the glass waiting for it. You're kind of looking for it. Zev, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> is the crystal ball actually magical? Yeah, just like magic. No. <laughs> yeah. right, it is right. It is a very nice glass ball, yeah. but that's all it is. Um, <laughs> um, Clarity might face. So, so uh, to indicate that to you guys, her, her sign is this. Just a very, uh, very uh, uh, forced smile and two thumbs up. 
I like it my entire like you were wasting so much of our fucking time. <laughs> um, Veta finishes making the tea. She pours a small teacup for everybody at the table. There's in total with the the six of you plus him and Veta and you know the various NPCs. There's about a dozen of you. So she pours a dozen little teacups and hands them all out. Um, and he begins chanting some mumbo jumbo. You all drink the tea. I look to make sure there's not a slot in it. Tea is slot free, as far as you can tell. Oh. You don't know what a slot egg looks like, so you don't know. I've seen them before, actually. Fair enough, you have. You have I seen them. So you know what to look those. for. I can yeah. um, Una is probably a little hesitant. You're already uh, on drugs, right? What? You're already on drugs, right? <laughs> no. You're hanging out in the woods with this fucking guy. <laughs> hung out in the woods, but she's watched me get her, snooped. She didn't give him any drugs. Oh, yeah. you were the trip guide. She yeah. didn't pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Una has drunk mead before, but has never, you know, imbibed um, illicit substances. I will. I would posit to say that you can maybe extract from context, but because the sleight of hand was so good, you don't know that there's mushrooms in this tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'll be up to you to decide. I'll let you figure that one out. Do they pour a cup for Niantai? Um, only if you vocalize that you want a cup for Niantai. I don't. Okay. The Niantai headbutts you in the hip. Not yeah. hard enough to do any damage, but like... I take the teacup and I put it down under the table so Niantai can lick it up. Perfect. All right. Niantai will be tripping balls. You will be sober. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> Does anybody not drink the tea? And I also do the same trick and put, the, put my teacup down and say, Niantai wants mine. <laughs> <laughs> Double dose the goat. Geez. Double balls. You're going to fuck this goat up. This goat's going to have the night <laughs> of its life. This goat's going to meet God. <laughs> this goat's going to meet Sansa. I thought it was a good idea. Zeb is no stranger to drugs. She goes. She goes in. All right. Um, so you and you are sober. Uh, the goat is fucked the fuck up. The rest of you are what microdosed. Are you're microdosed, up, um, but not like fucked up. You're like mindfully engaged. You're like you're like that yeah. meme or, or the series of memes that's like it wasn't a microdose. That's that's about where you're at. Uh, um, <laughs> pupils are just like. Boom. <laughs> yeah. 